Okay, and we're live. Hey, welcome to episode one of Scenic Car Talk with me, Mike Gentry. And today we are talking all about China and I'm talking with James Wickenden. Hi guys. Who is our operations manager here at Scenic Car Tools. Um, so episode one, ironically, will be all about China, which is our only tour that isn't, isn't a self-drive tour. It's no. actually, uh, it's, uh, it's on a coach. It's, it's a coach. Yeah. Coach, coach or minibus, depending on the size of the group. I, when I went, I was on a minibus. Yeah, so uh, James basically give you an idea. This tour has been running since uh, 2016. Um, we've had about 60 passengers on this tour. Um, so James actually went on this tour in April 2018. So we're going to be talking about the time that he went. Absolutely. Which was last year, but it feels like a lot longer ago that he went. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, so I've got a few questions here. We've got about half an hour, so I might as well start it off. Um, who is Christine Gong, and who is uh, China Prime Tour? So that's who you're booking with. You're booking with us, but... Yeah. We have a partner company that we work with um, called China Prime Tour. Christine is their, uh, their top top lady out there. Lovely lady. She, she comes over to England every year and meets, meets everyone, uh, meets with us, and uh, yeah, she looks after our guys when we're out there. She does a fantastic job. She uh, primarily works from the head office, uh, which is somewhere I can't pronounce. Okay. Um, <laughs> but she has her own guides that escort the tour fully, literally from the moment you land in China to the moment you leave, you're, you've pretty much got a guide the entire time. The only times you're without a guide is when they wave goodbye to you. Uh, for the bullet train, but then as soon as you get off the bullet train, you've got another guide there waiting in the arrivals terminal, mm -hmm. and then the same again uh, with the internal flight. They literally walk you right up to the gate, and then there's someone at the gate when you arrive. So you are well looked after by China Prime Tour for the entire time. Cool. And they do a really good job, really nice, speak great, great English. They have, they give themselves English names, so you can, if you need to call after them for whatever reason. All right, so they're not even called... No, uh, they, like, no, they did give me their real names, but oh, one, right. one of them was Dave, one of them was John. Uh, so it's easy for you to exactly. remember, so yeah. So if you need to shout out saying, where's the Louvre, yeah. then, you know, they, they can turn around and reply to you. Because obviously they'll be leading the group rounds a lot of the main places, um, yeah. which can be can be busy. Um, when I went, it was uh, very, very manageable. Um, it was actually fairly quiet. Um, but yeah, they try to make it as easy as possible. One of the guys we had is actually a specialist in tours of Europe. Um, for Chinese, incoming Chinese tourists. Okay. So he speaks very good English. He does tours in England, London, Paris is very common. He spent a lot of time in Europe, so his English is very good. Great. Yeah, and they're all really nice, really nice guys. Good. Excellent. Um, how easy was it to get the visa? They had to get out like a month yeah, beforehand. My, yeah, it was my first visa. Right, okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I think it was anyway. I mean, counting Tunisia and stuff like that. No, but, um, for me, it was very simple. I filled out the form. I've done it all in a day, mm -hmm. uh, you can fill it out online, um, and you had a 50-50 chance whether you were going to get called down to the to the, part, uh, the passport the visa office. Yeah. Um, now, it is a mandatory thing that everyone has to go down to the visa office, but you fill out the form ahead of right. time, and going what everyone told me last year, you literally fill out the exact same form I did. We give you a lot of help with that, because they need to know stuff about China Prime Tour, or your inward and outward itinerary, what you're going to be doing whilst you're there, obviously we give you all of that, make it as easy as possible, um, pretty much the same form I filled out, you take that with you to the visa office, they take your photo, I think they do thumbprints and stuff like that, and then uh, probably within a week you get your visa. Brilliant. Nice and easy. Quite easy. Excellent. Nice. Um, okay, so we're straight into it. Um, how was Beijing? Beijing was incredible. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was in love with Beijing. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that's an incredible place. 
massive on a scale. I've never been to a city with such scale. The road book here, so you were staying at the uh, look. the uh, Le Jingwang International Hotel. Jingwang Hotel. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, uh, it's great. All the hotels we use are catered more towards Western tourists. Of course. So they all speak great English. And yeah. They've got options for Chinese and Western food. If you want to eat in the hotel, I never even got the chance because we was always out in restaurants. Of course. Food, yeah. Like yeah, because this is full escorted. Yeah. This tour, full escorted. Full so, so we had breakfast, lunch, and dinner pretty much. There's no day. days at leisure or anything like that. Well, if you want a day at leisure, you can, but then you'll yeah. miss out on something. Of course you are. So, yeah. yeah so you're, the time you spend in the hotel will be fairly minimal by the time you get back at night. Um, after a full day's excursion, you'll be sleeping and out on the road again um, come nine, nine o'clock in the morning. So nice full days. Uh, there was a lot of time, obviously, traveling between destinations. So yeah. it's not like you're completely exhausted, but the hotels themselves are lovely. Uh, rooms I felt were massive, really well equipped. Yeah. Baths, showers, large beds, um, great views of the city I had as well. A lot of other people said they had good views. One of the ladies, bless her, was um, actually scared of heights and they got her on the top floor. So oh, I, wow. I offered to swap with her. Yeah, very human. Yeah, no, exactly. Brilliant. <laughs> so I bit the bullet and swapped for, for the top level floor, so I had cool. a great view over the city. But no, fantastic location. They actually, as well, the hotels are all fairly situated next to like local shops and things as well, which yeah. is very good English, because they, they get a lot of Western tourists in there. So at night, if you fancy it, Bar, you can pop to the yeah, shop. something you know that's exactly. going to be reliable nice and, and you've had it before and yeah, you're not taking any bar. risks. Exactly, they cool. do a lot of uh, in the in the shops as well. I found they do a lot of European beers and stuff like that. Very interesting. Okay, but yeah, no, the shops are good um, and they they actually encourage you to go out and explore the local area if you've got time. Yeah, um, yeah, no, excellent. Very nice. Um, let's talk about Tiananmen Square. Yes. Um, obviously, there was a big thing that happened in. Uh, 1989 uh it was uh with the protests um and obviously there was a bit of a massacre yeah. um so obviously you can go there but obviously it's um they don't really talk about what no. really happened and obviously i've sort of glossed over what really happened here but loosely it was a massacre with with students is that yeah. correct yeah, yeah. The, to be perfectly honest i they gave us a very brief story obviously as you can understand the way yeah. the chinese government is they don't like to shine shine light on it because it was quite a dark time yeah so they don't like talking about it. Right. Um, they, yeah, it's That's like strange because it happened, but obviously they... Exactly. They almost want to put it behind them. Yeah. And here's the thing. 1989, not that long ago. Yeah. Yes. A lot of our clients, obviously, who are older than me, obviously remember it very fondly. I personally didn't know about it until maybe 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, when I started taking an interest in travel and foreign countries and going really far afield. Uh, but a lot of the guides, when we was in... A lot of the guests, when we was in Beijing, were asking the guide about it. They wanted to know about it. Of course. And he, he was very honest and said, Well, yeah, if you tell someone, let's not talk about something, yeah, you're going to want to talk about it. Yeah. Said, obviously, we're going to go to Tiananmen Square, you can stand and take pictures and whatnot, but they, they advised, don't talk about it. Yeah. Um, they just said it was a very dark time. Yeah. They put it behind them. They're all very happy. The country, I'll get, I'll get onto it later, I'm sure, but the country yeah. itself is buzzing. Everyone's so happy. Yes. It's like, you couldn't believe that that sort of thing would even happen. Sure. And even the guy said he has a, he has a wonderful life in China. Um, and yes, it was a dark time, and it is it, sad that there's no there's no remembrance for it. I think yeah. the closest memorial. Nothing's for it. written up. No. Nothing's written nothing. up. Oh, no, wow. The closest memorial, as far as I'm aware, is in Hong Kong. That's right. The memorial, which obviously is Yeah. Um, which is which is sad, um, but I'm not going to pretend to know why I knew 
what happens. No, of course. I've seen no. the BBC reports and stuff in the archives yeah. and things. Oh, I watched all that before I went when I was researching the country. So, yeah, it was a, it was a dark time, but it was it was interesting. Um, obviously, the square itself is amazing. The the buildings around it, the actual Parliament building, which was quite incredible, and the monuments they got there, it's great. And then yeah. actually, when you're at the square, you walk from the square to the Forbidden City. That's they're next to each other. Okay. So as you're walking through the square, you can see the Forbidden City there in the distance. You just get closer to it, and then you go under the road, and then you're you're going through the main gates of the Forbidden City. It's all in that one location. That's sure. Much a whole day. Um, okay. Which was fantastic. It, it really was. Uh, the architecture, the people. I actually quite like they have a lot of like obviously quite high police presence and army presence so all around yeah. Beijing, um, which is great. I mean the crime levels are massively low compared to somewhere like here, but they look very smart. Yeah, so all marching around, so they do look pretty smart. So excellent. Yeah, it was really good, really interesting. Cool. Um, let's talk about the Great Wall of China. Yeah, uh, got some facts here with a total length of thirteen thousand one hundred seventy point seven zero miles. Wow, it's equal incredible. to half the length of the equator. Great Wall of China is the longest feat of human engineering. Wow, and it's two thousand seven hundred years old. Mm -hmm. uh, so, how much of this did you did you see? Is there just an area just for sort of so yeah, we touristy go, area? We go. Yeah, it's it's an easy to to access area. Yeah, idea. it was a bit of the wall that was um, repaired for the for the Olympics. Right. Obviously, was it ten years ago? Yeah. Um, they rebuilt mm. the wall, uh, this part of the wall, which is quite close to Beijing. It's about two hours out of the sea, which you go on bus and you go through the mountains, which is a nice drive in itself. Yeah. And then you arrive at this this area. It's got a large visitor centre, and you can either choose to walk up the wall. Yeah. Or get the cable car. Right. We include the cable car for obvious reasons. Of course. Old, the old car, uh, clientele. Yeah. The, the cable car itself took five minutes. So right. Okay. That on foot up a yeah. Wall, so oh, wow. Yeah. But once you get up there, you are pretty high up. Yeah. Great views, and the only way I can describe it, how Bob described it before I went, he says it mm -hmm. looks like someone's draped caramel over the hills. That's, right. that's what it looks like. Okay. And you think, how on earth did they build it? Yeah. And you think, you know, Trump struggled with his wall, and this thing was yeah two and a half thousand years ago. Two thousand seven hundred years ago, more than a, a million labourers were recruited. Yeah. Wow, that is incredible. Yeah, and um, it's, it's tall, it's steep parts of the wall that you could go to if you want. I did. Yeah. Um, if you follow the wall, because you can follow it, you can follow it for miles. Yeah. Um, I walked for about 20 minutes down the wall and I got to a bit that was so steep I was on all fours. Oh, blimey. It was, it was that steep. And yeah, it, it's quite incredible that they even built it like yeah. that. Yeah. It's insane. Um, it, it was actually uh, breached by Genghis Khan, though, I've got a fact here. So it yeah. actually didn't even do its job <laughs> no. uh, in the 13th century, a bit of history there for you. Yeah, the, a lot of the parts that were broken were breached. Yeah. And, uh, obviously just degraded over time. Yeah. The wall itself is hollow. It's got, you know, areas inside where the soldiers could sleep and they had, you know, all their equipment there and stuff like that. So, it, it, yeah, it was breached a lot. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it still attracts 50 million visitors every year, so it's still pretty good. It is a wonder. <laughs> it is insane. It's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Cool. I think that they built that two and a half thousand years ago. Yeah. Is just insane, and like we was up in the mountains, they had to get all those materials up there. Yeah, they had to get all the equipment up there to build it. You know, I don't know how they done it. Incredible. Let's move on to uh, Cheyenne. Yes. Uh, let's talk about that and talk about the uh, Terracotta Army as well. Yeah. So that's another amazing wonder. Yeah. Once again, it doesn't, it doesn't quite get to you until you see it. There, yeah. In front of you, when you first walk in, you, there's basically these three areas, three massive halls that you can go into, like big domes that yeah. are climate controlled that you go into. And the first one you walk into, area one, which they tell you to go to first, you can go to area one first, is the one where they've got 
them all standing up. The stuff you've seen in the films, and they're all standing there in line with the horses and everything, and hundreds yeah. of them going on and on and on. And when you first see it, it is amazing. Wow. Absolutely incredible. I've got here that it's uh, it's not just, like you say, soldiers, it's chariots, yeah, chariots. horses, musicians, acrobats, yeah. birds, ducks. Yep. And apparently they're all different, every single yeah, one. Every single one was different, yeah. So the, the bodies for all of the soldiers were all built in one place. Mm -hmm. uh, from what they told me, the emperor at the time then reached out to all of China's greatest work craftsmen yep. and asked them to construct a head to certain dimensions, Right. Um, which is why every single one of them has a different face, because each one was made by a different craftsman. And you can tell which ones were the cheap ones because they were crushed when everyone found oh, them. Blimey, yeah, and, of course. Uh, yeah, but they're gluing them back together? Or yeah, so this is what a lot of people don't know. The Tatar yeah. army, when they discovered it, and you'll see it in, I think it's Hall 3, you see it. Right. Um, it's crushed. Under the roof they built for it, it was only made out of timber and straw and a bit of soil. And, sure. And that was it, and it did collapse over time. So most of it has been smashed. All the stuff you see there in that first hall has been painstakingly put back together by these wow. incredible archaeologists. How many people are there? Well, we saw there was about a dozen, and they're all students. They get one year working at the Terracotta Army in the Navy. So they get one year at uni, one year at the Terracotta Army, and then one year back at uni. So it's like the best job you could like. Once yeah. you work there, you can work anywhere. Yeah. So they were all very young. They had one, obviously one guy there who was like, in charge, but they were all very young. And they, you, like, for example, the Terracotta, they have to mix to basically glue everything back together. Yeah. It takes, on average, 30 days to get the mix right because it has to be exactly the same wow. as each soldier that was built, so to make sure the colour was right. And that's why when you see them stood up, they look like they're in one piece. Yeah. But you wouldn't even know. No. And I didn't know until I got to Hall 2, when you see them putting them all back together, you see them all stood up. And they're doing that live in front of you live when you're, yeah. Them. So you've got all That's these. just an attraction itself, yeah. just watching someone put yeah. this massive jigsaw that's puzzle it. And back you've got together. rows, so they start with the feet, and you can see all the feet held together with all these like metal straps they put around them yeah and then it goes up to their knees and their legs and their torsos and the next thing you know they've got them fully built all tied together until the, the terracotta sets and then they then move them into the next hall and display them also to london fantastic <laughs> yeah exactly because they do they do the rounds don't they they've yeah. come here and they've gone to liverpool i think and that's it yeah no i'd like to see them here rather than yeah, so like that two, so yeah hall two was um, basically a recreation of yeah hall one what was you telling me uh, i remember you telling me about the emperor and he's still they haven't uncovered him is that right yeah so the emperor's tomb is what? somewhere in xian right emperor quinn yes yeah because this is his army isn't it yes so yeah, right, they okay. know where he is there's a, there's a big hill yeah you'll drive past and you see it in the distance a big hill where there's right. an absolute no dig zone and it's like they know it's there right but they know that the condition the terrible army was in they don't want to disturb it until they have the technology to do it right i was going to say what they're waiting for yeah so like, they when they discovered Terracotta Army, they basically caused more damage when they started to uncover it. And that's right. when they realised, right, we need to do this right. And they built these big domes over it yeah. and mapped out where the army was so they wouldn't have to extend the domes or anything. And then they yeah. started digging. And that's how they've done it. The the emperor is supposedly buried in the middle of this this big hill, like a mountain, mini mountain. Right. Um, and they are worried that he is in the same sort of condition. So, and because there's a lot more weight on top of him, okay. they don't want to excavate him until they know well there's no rushes there to no, exactly. there, so exactly. he's still going to be there isn't he so like you yeah. say get it right and then get him out and exactly yeah there's a crazy yeah. thing as well the, the the farmer that owned the land they found the terracotta army on um is still the owner of the land mm. um, 
He doesn't get any money for it, right? <laughs> because it's considered a, a national treasure. But he does visit the Sakura Army on a regular basis, to, right? To uh, talk to people and just meet people and ask where they've come from and stuff. He wasn't there when I was there. But apparently, the day before, he was there signing signing books. And stuff oh wow! Like so, oh, yeah, fantastic. He, he just walks around. So all he asks is that you know they don't take pictures. So it's what his family that discovered it, or it was just on his land. Right. Okay. So he was farming the land. Yeah. And discovered. The ground collapsed beneath. In 1974, him. apparently, it was discovered yeah. by local farmers. That's it. Yeah. So yeah. Probably, yeah, it's probably him then. That's it, yeah, yeah. The ground just suddenly collapsed where he was, and then they found it, and then Jesus. next thing you know, they called in the government to check it out, and then they booted him off and started excavating him, and that was it. But he's still the, the proud owner of the land. Oh, incredible. Yeah, so... Um, oh, good for him. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about Shanghai. Uh, any highlights? Then we'll go on to food as well. Yeah, so Shanghai is one of the most high-tech places I've ever been. Yeah. It is, yeah, it's like, it's like in general. So you got the it's TV tower, and, tower yeah. yeah. The downtown area, like you see in James Bond, it's all neon lights, holograms, yeah. Huge billboards that are all like moving in pictures and everything. It was just so high tech. What really surprised me is the um, the waterfront area. Um, it's all British. Oh wow! It was built by British colony, so all the buildings along the uh, the Bund, yeah, it, um, were originally all banks, so okay. Barclays and everything, yeah. And they are they look like they're straight out of London. So oh, fantastic. The, the can you tell? Is it obvious? Oh, really? Yeah, you can. But yeah. then as soon as you walk two blocks in, yeah. you're in China again. But it's the weirdest thing, because it was originally formed as a British colony. A col- colony. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a uh, huge, yeah. Fantastic. British architecture along the waterfront, which is quite insane. Let's talk about food yeah. before we wrap up, wrap this thing up. Um, I was well so I was going to say, <laughs> what is the difference between, obviously, Chinese food to us is yeah, not Chinese not. food. Oh, I, I imagine that. And yeah. So is that the case? It's not China, yeah. So uh, in China, you will tend for like for dinner, the locals will have one dish. It will be noodles, or it will be rice, or it will be soup. They won't, like when we have order takeaway, we order everything under the sun, they don't do that. Yeah. And what surprised me is all the, the great British traditions, your spring rolls, your prawn toast, your curries, that's all English. They, right. They don't have it. No. It's, no, it's, it's all English. What I had was absolutely delicious. I never got bored of it. A few of the clients did. Yeah, they say I'll never have the Chinese takeaway again, but um, I. But I can't imagine it's the same though. No, it's not. It's so very, it's, it's, well, it's very different. Um, loads of people enjoyed it, and they was pleasantly surprised every time we went to dinner, wondering what we were going to get. Yeah. One night we got sticky pork, which was amazing. One night we had duck, which they brought the duck oh, out nice. on a big cart and wheeled it out and started carving it up in front of us. That was really good. And yeah. A lot of it is all you can eat, so you'll get like a, a they'll sit on a big table with a spinning thing in the middle, and they'll put loads of dishes down, and then you just basically spin it around. Take as much as you want, basically, is the idea. Fantastic. And you get one drink with, with each meal, and if you want to buy more, they're dirt cheap. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you'll get a beer or water or a soft drink or anything with, with dinner. They do love their beer out there. Um, it's a beer, beer connoisseur. It was all right. It tasted like Indian beer, Cobra, very, very, uh, yeah. very watery. But yeah, they, they're quite proud of their beer out there. Um, but yeah, the food was lovely. Like I say it's all pork or chicken or rice. And and they do give you chopsticks. Do they? Yeah. Did you, you did you use them? I, I did. Did you try? Yeah, no, I still use them today. Do you? If we order Chinese, I Fantastic. would use the chopsticks that I yeah. brought home with me. Nice. Do they even give you cutlery or they do. Yeah, they do. Uh, just in cat? Because yeah. obviously some people probably. Yeah. There was one restaurant where they didn't. Um, oh, okay. They sh- it should have been on the table and yeah. asked for it. Hey, okay. you're in so, China. Exactly. So you're in China, but no, most people got used to the chopsticks and they enjoyed using them. It was quite funny, especially when we had noodles for the first time. That was interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, breakfast, lunch, and dinner is traditional Chinese food. Yeah. Um, 
for breakfast they're only the shots with the eggs and stuff like that yeah um so yeah the, the food i felt was, was fantastic cool. it is very chinese um it's not the chinese you get at home but it's, cool. it's great to say that you've been there and you've had it um i went out and you can often sample some of the local stuff as well which is very similar so it's, it's noodles or so they don't mix and match it they'll have that or that it's, it's yeah yeah so then you'll see a lot of noodle bars and things like that and it's yeah everyone just yeah eats Perfect. so much food out there so much <laughs> i can imagine cool Anyway, any last words or anything? Obviously, we're going to wrap up in a yeah. minute or so. So, get last without the Grand Prix. That's it. Well, do you want to talk about the Grand Prix? The Grand Prix. Yeah. Was if you're a fan, you've got to go. Mm -hmm. It is one. You of say it's really cheap, right? Compared yeah. to Silverstone. Yeah, we've actually put something on our website where it actually says. Um, so Silverstone, what is it? Standard tickets, two hundred quid, right? Yeah. For just just entry, but for the Shanghai Grand Prix. Yeah, so the grand, the gold grandstand, mm -hmm. right here. Yeah, on the main straight in Shanghai is half the price compared to just the Luffield grandstand. Oh wow, the Silverstone. There you go. It is, Did you know? Yeah, fantastic. It is insanely cheap. Okay. We include these two grandstands by default. I yeah. actually sat here on the grass when I went. Right. Thankfully, I had beautiful weather. I actually got sunburned quite badly. Um, but I had beautiful weather, which was great. But I did say if it was raining or a bad day, so now we automatically include K or H. Now the reason I have suggested this as a Formula One fan is that you get a view down the Kerr straight here. Yeah. This corner, which is where all the action happened when I was there, it was fantastic. Yeah. So much overtaking, huge contact, it was really, really good. And then you can actually see them shoot off toward the final corner here. So no matter where you're sitting here, here or here, because there's nothing really here. There's a barrier, but it's only only a meter high. So you can see all the way down here. And you can see all the cars come out. It's just fantastic. Great. The entire track was built for spectators. The the grass bank I was on, the grass banks here, 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 were all built at a perfect 45 degree angle with a flat top. So whether you're sitting on the, the grass bank or on the top, yeah. you've got a, a fantastic view. I cannot describe it. It's so well engineered. The shame is that they don't actually use it much throughout the year. Right, so okay. The actual circuit is immaculate. It is clean. It is barely used. It is absolutely immaculate. And the race was fantastic. Um, the only thing I would say is that they don't have many scoreboards up, at least mm -hmm. when I was there. Yeah. So if you can get the app, I, I was sat next to a, a local Chinese guy with the app. And, mm -hmm. uh, he, he saw me watching. Yeah. And in the end, just like moved his iPad over. Right, okay. We were both watching it together. Oh, that's good. That's yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. So that was really good. Um, but yeah, no. Oh, it, bless it, him. It was brilliant. And I said the view was like, you the thing I noticed here is that all the grandstands are so close to the edge of the track. Yeah. Whereas. Other tracks like Silverstone and stuff like I've been to before, you're quite far away. So like when the, the bus came around with all the drivers on everyone waving, you were so close. It, yeah. It was really I took a picture and like and you could see every driver. You could tell who every each truck was. It was it was really, really good. So the, the good value for, for money, yeah. Insanely good value good. for money. So if you want to upgrade, by all means upgrade, but like, we had a great time down here. I know most of the people we had two people up here and uh, by the end of it they they wanted to be down here. So because yeah. that's where all the action was happening. Yeah, you never know if it's going to be the same year on year, but no, I had a fantastic time. Perfect. Definitely a great way to end the trip because the next day we flew on. <laughs> yeah. And that's a wrap. James, share, share. Thank you very much. Share. That's episode share. one done. Thank you very much. Hope to do another one soon. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys.